God can promote you in an instant. Just wait on the Lord. In fact, one of our favorite scriptures is that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagle. They will run not be weary, walk and not faint. That's the goodness of God. Again, I say wait. See, the first goal of this message is to help Christians understand when God is preparing to move them off of their detour and back toward their destiny. Sometimes you're on a detour, but there comes a point when God is now about to take you off that detour and put you back on course for your destiny. And we need to be able to discern and understand that and perceive that. Isaiah said, do you not perceive? Because God is about to do a new thing. God needs to give us that discerning spirit to understand when he's about to move so we can move along with God. The second goal of this message is to demonstrate how initial disappointment can be an indication of eventual delight. Have you ever had that? You felt disappointed, but right in the midst of that disappointment, delight was brought into your life. And, and it's almost like in an instant you forgot how disappointed you were. Because of the significance of the delight. It's just like a woman giving birth. And she feels all the pain. But the moment she hears the baby crying. It's almost like all the pain and everything is gone. And in an instant there is great delight. Because she sees and hears a baby crying. Sometimes God operates like that. Like when, when, when you feel like this is a disappointing time. Right in that time, God shows up and he brings great delight. The third goal of this message is to help us recognize how God confirms what he has revealed. He would do through witness and our circumstances. If God is going to do something, he will oftentimes confirm it with other witnesses or he will use circumstances to confirm it. He uses the spirit. He uses the word. We won't go through all of those ways that God confirms what he's doing. We'll focus on how he uses his witness and circumstances to confirm what he's doing. So God has a destiny for our lives. And how he gets us there is seldom a straightforward process. I like process. I, I think... We, we, we would prefer to move from point A to point B. It's like we would make to make a long leap without any trouble, without any problem. Uh, many of us would prefer if God were to say, all right, today when you leave church, well, tomorrow morning, get up at 7 o'clock, all right, prepare yourself, go down to the car mart, all right, you're going to get the, 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 the valuation on the car that you want. When you leave there, go to the bank. And speak to Miss so-and-so. Miss so-and-so is going to give you an envelope. Take that envelope directly back to the car mart. Give it to the same person who gave you the price of the car. And they are going to give you a brand new car and you walk out. And like most of us would want God to work like that. I would say, boy, this is simply enough. Yeah. And, and, and stuff. But if that were the case, then you wouldn't develop the habit of trusting God. 
having faith in God, relying on God, and building a relationship with Him. If you know how we are, if we tell people everything sometimes, then go on about them business. You know, in, in, normally in life, um, people hold back. A, a lady just meeting a guy don't give herself all in. She hold back portions, and the deeper the relationship gets, is the more she gives. Same thing on the male side. A man may have a lot of money at start. He may be giving the lady a hundred dollar phone card. You know, after week two, it goes up to a hundred and fifty dollar phone card. I don't know. I don't know how these things work. Now I'm just, I'm just giving though. So don't, don't, don't stone me and say, Pastor, oh, bright, give me a hundred dollar phone card. Don't, don't even get there. Just, just, just work with the example, right? And, and get it. But oftentimes, even as humans, we hold back and portion. So if we do that, don't you think? God wants to just hold some things in reserve so that we can get closer to him. And then he releases things. Amen? The other side is that's what we do it with our children. There are certain things that you want for your kids, but they just can't get it now. They have to go through the process. God does the same things. There are certain things that God wants for you and he wants for me. It's just right now, you can't get it. Either you're not ready, or maybe God is not ready to give it to you. And you think you are ready. Our kids are like that. Kids always believe that you are ready for the thing that they want. And as parents, you have to say, uh-uh, not yet. Still some growing to do. Still some learning to do. So it's not normally a straightforward process. He frequently takes us on detours or delays in our journey toward his plan. So that he might mature us for what is to come. So he might prepare the place in which we will eventually arrive. So God is delaying. And remember, God's delays are not God's denial. Because God is delaying something doesn't mean that he's denying you getting it. It's still a part of his plan for you. It's just taking longer than you want it to. But in God's timing... It is in perfect timing because God's timing is not chronos. It is kairos. It is set appointed time. It is not based on the chronological sequence of clocks and calendars. It is based on God's set appointed time. And so sometimes that happens. So he's doing two things. One, he's maturing you. I know you think you're mature. But you can't measure maturity based on how you live naturally. When you're a believer, you have to measure your maturity based on how you operate spiritually. And that is down to God to decide. God knows when you are mature enough to handle certain things. And until you are mature enough in his eyes, he will not bring you into certain things. So oftentimes, the process of delay is to mature us. The second part of the delay is so that God can prepare the place that you're going to get to. So when you get there, he is already Jehovah Shammah, the God who is already there. In other words, God is not bringing you into an unfinished thing. God is going to finish it and then he brings you into it. So God is preparing the place that he wants you to get to as he prepares you to get to that place. Why is that important? Because life teaches us to attain things. God says, listen, life must go beyond attaining. Life must be about attaining and maintaining. Maintaining is stewardship. In other words, God don't want you to just get married. God wants you to maintain a marriage. He doesn't want you to just have a child. He wants you to be the steward of a child, a parent. In other words, God doesn't just want you to get. He wants you to steward what has been given. Amen? 
A lot of us understand the get part. We don't understand the maintenance part. And so what happens is when you don't know the use of a thing, you abuse it. You use it in an abnormal way. And that is why some people don't get married yet. Because God is preparing them. So when they get the marriage, they will not abuse it. That is why some people don't have children yet. Because if you get your children now, you're going to abuse them. You're going to treat them in an abnormal way. So God has to train you up in the way that you should go. So when you get mature, you will go in that way. Amen? Amen. So we might spend a great deal of time on these detours. And sometimes we experience delays or even setbacks. They seem bad on the surface. But are the means by which God works things out for his providential plan. In other words, what you call a setback is God just setting you up. That's it. It's not really a setback. God is just setting things up. You may take a back step, but you're not going backwards. You understand me? God may say, step back, but you're not going backwards. It's like a sling. For a sling to be propelled as far into the future as possible, there's a going back before you launch forward. But it, may, it doesn't mean your life is in reverse. It just means to get the, the, the trajectory to go forward and propel further, there has to be a step back. And sometimes you see those setbacks or those step backs as devastating while they are just setting you up to launch further into the future and into the destiny that God has for you. So don't, don't discount your setbacks. You understand me? Don't curse them. God is working out his providential plan in your life. This happens when you're in a relationship with God and you're walking with him. So don't get me wrong. There are people who have many setbacks because you have many. It, listen, because there are consequences for decisions. If you make bad decisions, there are some natural consequences that come in life. And so there, there are those things, but I'm talking when you have a relationship with God and your steps are ordered by the Lord. I'm talking to these people this morning. I am saying to you what you see as a setback is not really. It's like David. You know that David started out in the field. Then he went to the palace. But he had to move out of the palace to go into a cave to come back in the palace. Do you know that Joseph was the favorite of his father. And he had to be thrown into a pit to be sold where he was a favorite again. And then what happened to him? He was thrown into prison before he became a favorite of the Pharaoh. Remember Moses was a favorite of his mother. He was put on the water. Then he was picked up and he was made a favorite in Pharaoh's house. Then he had to leave. So that he could come back again. Do you understand how God did that? That's the same thing God is doing in our lives many times. If we just pay attention to the work of God. And continue to walk according to the Lord's will and way. Amen. So once our preparation comes into alignment with his purpose. The time to come off the detour and head to. It is time to come off the detour and head towards the destiny. That he has in store for us. So preparation must come into alignment with purpose. God prepared you must be in alignment with God's purpose for you to see the whole project. You can't be a doctor until you complete the course. And if they tell you to stay 
and do one more year of internship, it doesn't mean that the plan has changed. It just means it has been delayed. Amen? You ever hear that you're supposed to graduate and write at graduation and say, listen, you failed the course. They still want you to graduate. But you have to redo the course. Because I know that course is very important to what you're going to do when you graduate. It's not just the graduation. It's just it's the preparation after the graduation. But, but how do we know when that is about to happen? In fact, there are three indicators that God is preparing to move you from your detour to destiny. You may be wondering, God, how do, Lord, Pastor, I've been on this detour for long. How do I know when God is moving me off the detour? I'm going to tell you because this is very crucial. Because what I don't want you to do is to take the direction of somebody who don't know the way or think they know the way when you're on your detour and get further lost. The worst thing you can do is on a detour and ask somebody who don't know where you're going, where you're supposed to go. Can you imagine you're lost and the person you're asking for direction don't know the place you're going? You'll get lost, sir. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's not a word, you know, just a made up word. <laughs> All right. So the first two might seem as though God is moving you away from where he wants you. But God often will disappoint and outright skip over you as you're near the place he wants you to be. And so we can see that great job coming nearer. But then suddenly it is given to someone else. Can you imagine you're working in the company and the, and the manager leaves and you were the assistant manager. And all of a sudden all the things that the manager used to do. You start doing, and then the owner of the company calls you into the office and they say, Hey, I want to have a meeting with you tomorrow. You put on your nice bam bam suit and your bam bam shoes because in your head, you do, you're just in case you have all your qualifications wrapped up in your, in your purse or in your handbag because all in your head is that, Yes, we must get a job. <laughs> they were prepped me for it. And you walk in there and they said, Hey, how are you doing, so and so? I mean, you know, uh, Mr. So-and-so left the job two months ago and we noticed you have been here. Let me tell you, what are your thoughts? Because you know we're planning on hiring so-and-so for the post. <laughs> Probably said, this man an idiot. <laughs> and any man is saying, you can't, I shouldn't even bother answer if I, if I know say that you have no, have no meeting. <laughs> you know what I mean? All of these things going through your head because you felt like you were next in line. You know, for some of us, we feel like that girl or that guy might be the one we will spend the rest of our lives with when suddenly they end up marrying someone else. And you start singing, this is it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you probably ain't going to get married again. And, and you see that. But later down in the, in, in the years, you look and you say, thank God. Because the one that you thought you missed, you're very glad they missed you because they'd have messed you up. Church, while such disappointments can occur as a result of our own shortcomings, right? Because sometimes these things happen because we operate in sin and we operate in the flesh. So don't misunderstand me. A lot, not everything that happened in our life is God's doing. A lot of the things sometimes that happen are our own consequences of our own actions, such as making rash decisions based on our own human 
wisdom instead of trusting God. So I always tell my teenagers, listen, you must decide before. Always decide before. Always decide before. Don't, because it's never good to make decisions when emotionally, spiritually, or mentally you're off. You get it wrong. Make some decisions way before. For example, decide that decide who you're not going to marry. So that when the pressure is on and you're not at a good place emotionally, you already made a decision long ago about it. Often though, these disappointments are merely God setting the stage to be the hero. So when some of these things happening, all that is happening is God is setting up the stage so God can be the hero in the story. Why? Because sometimes it, if, it, if it happens how we want it to, we become the heroes. You see, if you got the job because they were prepping you and you were doing that, listen, you become the hero because it becomes how good you were working and the credit gets to you. You see, when you're totally unqualified and you weren't the one expected and God just bring it and give it to you, God gets the glory for it. So a lot of times when you see these things happening, it is God just making sure that at the end of the day, God gets all the glory for that which is done. Amen? Amen. It means that when the person decides that, boy, yes, let the two of us get married, you know that, boy, may I tell you the truth? She never looked in my direction. I mean, they stopped looking in her direction. So we know that the only way we got married is God. Come to get vexed and say, oh, baby, the lady, man, come from town and this lady, I go and like some man. I don't run down people. I don't run down people. People are run me down. Understand me? I say, I like you. I like you. I say, we forget married. If it happen, I don't in them heap of one year, two here. No, Papa. Then, then the lady had oh big arms and stuff. Say, hey, me now go to gym. I saw me come. I saw me go. So when it happened, both of us had to stop and say, thanks be to God. Because if it was, nobody can take credit. Nobody can come and say, oh, we set them up. This is the Lord's doing. In this moment, he surprises you by bringing you to a destiny you had not expected or in a way that you had not considered. The one you, you thought you were going to marry, uh, marry <coughs> married someone else because God had a perfect person waiting for you in the wings. Amen? He had a perfect person waiting for you in the wings. <coughs> the great job that was given to someone else becomes inconsequential as God delivers you to an even more rewarding career or calling. When God finally delivers you to the place he has purpose for you, he will confirm what he's doing through a series of witnesses or circumstances so his purpose might be known. And so this is why it is important to never lose trust in what God is doing. Trust in the Lord at all times and in all things. Because if we stray from listening to his voice and start trusting our own understanding, 
we will miss that confirmation when it comes. So let me give you the points and I'll break them down for you. You know you are getting ready to come out of a detour and head toward your destiny when the Lord disappoints you. When you thought he was coming through for you. You thought he was coming through and all of a sudden his disappointment hit you. Very easy example to use is oftentimes people, you know, um, will say, boy, you know that my auntie sent me an invitation letter if you go a foreign. Hey! So that means we can go for embassy now coming. I'll forget you! Oh, oh, hey. Hey, in fact, she even sent the money. I got to work out for the money, pay at the bank, you know. And, and then your auntie tell you, hey, you know, when you come up here, we can't make it a look. He said, Why? I'm, this is a must, God. Everything I work out. Listen, God is not going to give you visa for go work illegally. If you go, you're going on your own, right? You're going on your own. But don't bring God into your illegal work. It's okay if you do it, you know. But don't bring God into it. Because God is not going to send you to go and do illegal things. You have to get a work permit. And if you don't get that, I know God give you the work. A flesh get it. Right? So you say, yeah! You go up a, up an embassy and you say, good afternoon, miss. Hallelujah, thank you. You're a Christian? You say, yes, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I pray six times a day. <laughs> Seven days a week. Glory to God. How did you know? You must look at my writing and see that this is spirit right here, right here. Say, so, well, God ain't working for you today. No visa. <laughs> You're coming through the embassy gate and everybody asks, oh, you go, hide, go, hide, go, hide, go, hide, go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Because you're you, you embarrassed, right? Because you thought like, yes, this is it. You get disappointed. Uh, so many ways. You see, Joseph hopes that by interpreting the cup bearer's dream, he will put in a good word for him with Pharaoh when he goes back into his service. And how many times we... Yeah, let, let, let me read this for you. How many times we do that? We, we want to give people glory for what they did. Listen, let me help you out to know when you go put in a good word for me. You don't need nobody to put a good word in for you. Trust God. Because if men put in good word for you, men will get the glory. Trust God. Listen. Verse 14 said this. This is, this is Genesis 40. But remember me. This is Joseph asking the cupbearer to remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. And make mention of me to Pharaoh. And he says, and get me out of this house. Watch this. When the cupbearer returns to Pharaoh's service, he forgets about Joseph, who remains in prison an additional two years. Joseph thought that if I help you to get out, you're going to help me to get out. Have you ever helped somebody in the spirit that, boy, I help you, so when you go over there and you get money, no worry yourself, line up something for me. And then they forget about you. Have you ever been forgotten about by someone you helped to make better? This is what happened with Joseph. He made something better. Listen, helping people don't mean that they are going to help you back. 
when you're a child of God, listen, my help comes from the Lord. All of my help cometh from the Lord. He remained in prison an additional two years. It is in moments such as these that we might feel compelled to ask, why are you forgetting about me, Lord? He said, this delay is not bad but good because it means that the Lord is working the details of your destiny out. God is just working some other things out. He's putting together the pieces. He's putting together everything. He's putting together the perfect puzzle so that when it is done, people see a miracle and they will look and say, I don't know, it must be the Lord who got you where you are. Because no, I know you had nobody to help you. I know that you don't have the resources to do it. Look what the Lord has done. And when they see that what happened, people don't give you glory. They don't run to other people for help. They say, if God did it for you, then I must trust your God to do it for me. So God is lifted high and people are drawn to him. The delay is also God's way of making sure you are clear who is working out the details. God wants the credit for delivering you to your destiny. God wants the credit. God wants the glory. Take all the glory, Lord. God don't want man to get the glory. Your friend to get the glory. Your mother to get the glory. Or your father. He wants to get all the glory. I've heard people say many times, and father links make him get this. I can tell you this. My earthly father had nothing with me being a pastor. This is all God. Because if, 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 if it were up to my earthly father, I'd be leading someplace else. So he can't get no glory. My mother can't get any glory. I have mentors. But even my mentor didn't know that I would be the pastor. And he trained me well. In fact, he had other suggestions that he think could have been better. Not that he doesn't love and care for me. But he thought because of my youth and just coming in and being unmarried. In fact, when they came to select people, they left. And they were in Fern Gully. And the Lord told them to turn back. Because they were heading to Kingston to speak to somebody else. And they said, the man that you're looking for, he's at the church. And they turned back and they came. And appointed me the pastor. Only God can get the glory. Can you imagine if people in the church voted for me? That's what God wants to do in your life. He's working out the details. So he alone can get the glory. God delays Joseph's relief, release because of the timing of Pharaoh's dream. So God delayed it. Why? Because God was going to cause Pharaoh to dream. And he wanted to make sure that only one person could interpret that dream. And it was Joseph. Watch how it work. Pharaoh dreams. Dream is about a specific famine coming to the land. And the preparation that is needed to endure. 
if the cupbearer had mentioned Joseph before Pharaoh had his dream, he may not have had enough reason to release Joseph. Wait to get this. Follow the story. Read it when you go home. If the cupbearer went to Pharaoh and said, listen, I have a friend in prison. He's the one who helped me to get out. Let him out, no man. Pharaoh would say, what reason? I have to let him out. Watch this. Sometimes God will delay our destiny to bring us to a place where we have more than we can handle. Compelling us to totally rely on him and give him all the glory. Joseph got more than he could handle. And what it meant is simply this. He had no other choice but to rely on God and give God all the glory. Now, Sometimes that is why you are so broken and so alone so that you can learn to depend on God and stop trusting in the arm of flesh. Sometimes that's why you have the disappointment so you can realize that it is the Lord's doing and not man. That's why it happens, church. So don't count it off. God wants you to rely on him. He wants you to give him all the glory. If Joseph was released based on the word of the cupbearer, then the cupbearer would get the glory. Then Pharaoh would say, listen man, I let you out of this. And he would have control. You know, sometimes when people help you in life, they take control of your life. You become prisoners to their help. And that is why the church of God cannot be like politics. Where if you help put me in power, when I'm in power, I put you in position. Because you're going to have bribery and compromise. God says, in my house, in my work, when it comes to the destiny I have for your life, I want to do it so I get all the glory. That's what God is saying. No man. So, let me share a story with you from disappointment to delight. A man took his girlfriend out for dinner. And when they sat down, he laid an elaborate box on the table for her birthday. All the while they were eating dinner, she just kept thinking about this box because it was a big box and she wanted to know what was inside. She could hardly eat. The waiting, um, the waiting to open the box was killing her. But her boyfriend told her to open the bo- box after dinner. All she could think about was what was in the box. Finally, dinner was over. Can I open the box? No. She asked. Yeah, you can open the box. She opened the box and she pulled out a pillow. And she said, oh wow, I mean, this is a nice pillow. But it's a pillow. And so she turned the pillow over thinking that something was taped to the back side of the pillow. There was nothing. So in a little, you know, being a little upset, she said, well, thank you. Because she thought it was just an ordinary pillow. Of course, she was looking for something else because they had been dating for a while and marriage was in the air, so she was suspecting that, well, he must have hid it somewhere. Anyways, it was obvious that she was disappointed that she got a pillow. Her boyfriend got up, took the pillow from her, and laid the pillow on the floor. He got on one knee, took her by the hand and said, will you marry me? You see, she forgot about the pillow. The one who gave her the pillow became a lot more important. 
And that is how God works in our lives. When he comes and he brings the delight in the midst of the disappointment, we forget about the disappointment because the one who brings the delight is so much greater than the disappointment that we're going through. In our journey from detour to destiny, God often disappoints us because he's planning something bigger that will surprise us and delight us. Come on. Come on, just put your hand on your chest and say, Lord, I thank you that you're setting me up for something bigger. Something better. That's it. Yes. And I know you may be disappointed and you're going through disappointment, but God is setting you up for something bigger. You thought you were nice enough for him to like you. You thought you were nice enough for her to like you, but they don't. And you feel disappointed, you feel rejected. But trust me, God is setting up something bigger and better for you. Listen, think about it. If you believe that this person is all that and a bag of chips and God says not them, imagine what God has in store for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Secondly, you know you're getting ready to come out of a detour and head toward your destiny when the Lord seems to skip over you when the actual opportunity comes. You know, you think you are next in line? I'm next. In line for my blessing. And then you think you're next in line and then they just go down a number 10 and call somebody. Call up front. And you say, eh, eh. So I'm to me, somebody pick me. <laughs> you know, we said, listen, I know how this is, you know. I don't know if I've ever gone to the, I'm normally the one that they call from the back of the line to the front, but I know other people at the front of the line. Who, you, 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 go to, you go to, not bank, you know. Sorry, did I say bank? Not bank, just institutions all across the country. Amen. And you line up. And you line up and then you, you, you think, you call your friend and say, yeah, you know, I am, I am next in line to get through, so um, you can come and whatever now in next, I should be out in the next 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, you see somebody from around the back come around front. And they see somebody on the... Hey. And all of a sudden, you are not next. You got skipped over. And you get, you, you get, you get vexed. Because look how long. Me there you are. I wait. You, you, you under, have you ever felt like that? I went to a place this last week. And I got out there from like, like 7 o'clock. The place opened 8.30. Right? I, yeah, and I get there from 7 o'clock. And you forget, you forget, you have to get, I'm not, I'm not calling no name. And you get a number. And you wait until the number call. And then I see some people going in before me. And they weren't out there at 7 o'clock. And I got ups- I mean I got upset. So when I go upstairs, I call people and say, listen, I'm not dealing with them kind of things here. And they said, No, sir. Understand that these people were here from yesterday. I'm not calling <laughs> while Joseph waits in prison Pharaoh has two dreams the first is a dream about seven ugly argon cows that eat up seven fattened cows the second is about seven um, ears of scorch or thin grains that swallow up seven ears of healthy grain right these dreams 
and Pharaoh's desire to understand them occurs unbeknownst to Joseph. You see, God is working things out behind the scenes and would reveal to Joseph at the proper time. That's what I want you to know, church. That God is working out things behind the scene. I know it feels like he has skipped over you. Listen, if you, if you feel like you have been skipped over, it means that you're in a good place. Because they can't keep skipping over you. They're going to come back to you. You understand that? It, it means that you're at least in close proximity to be skipped over. So don't give up. Hold on. Pharaoh becomes greatly disturbed by these dreams and seeks to have them interpreted by his own magicians. Right? The, 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 the soothsayers uh, priests could not interpret the dream because human wisdom cannot undermine God's providence. You see, Pharaoh thought like, Hey, we, we, we are, I have some people who can do this. I have some people. But this was, come on, this was Joseph's time. And when it was Joseph's time, nothing could undermine what God was going to do. In Jamaica, they say, well, fear can be unfeel. It means that when your time comes and God is about to promote you and God is about to put you where he wants it to be, no demon, no devil, nobody can block, nobody can stop what God is going to do. Nothing can undermine the providence of God. Here it is that no matter what fear had tried, it couldn't work. Guess why? Because it was Joseph's time and God was setting things up in a way that he would get the glory and Joseph would be released from prison. And so these guys that he had could not interpret the dream. The cupbearer, after two and a half years, finally remembers Joseph and tells Pharaoh that there's a man who interpreted both his and the baker's dream correctly. Listen, when God wants people to remember you, they're going to have to remember you. They may not remember you right now, when, but when God wants to use them to bless you, listen, they're going to remember you. I want to understand that this is somebody that probably has not been thinking about you for years. You have not been under your mind. But all of a sudden, God is about to promote you. They call you from nowhere and say, listen, a long time I promised you this. A long time I should have done this. And now I'm ready to listen. That is how God works because when God is about to work out things in His providential will, listen, Him change the hearts of people, Him bring back things to memory, put you on people's heart, send divine favor, open doors that no man can shut, and shut door that no man can open. And God sets up the perfect scenario for Joseph to solve Pharaoh's dream problem. Which requires keeping over him until the right time. Pharaoh, the, per- the scenario had to be perfect. Because when it happened this way, here's what happened. Pharaoh started believing in the God of Israel. Come on now. God gave him dreams that nobody except Joseph could interpret. Let, let, let. Let me move on. You know when you're getting ready to come out of a detour and head toward your destiny when the Lord surprises you suddenly with something you didn't expect. Remember Joseph never expected any call. Two years pass. Two years pass. Boy, not now going to work. Remember Moses, 40 years had passed. 
David, 20 years had passed. Abraham, 90 years had passed. Or 25. From 75 to 90. How many years is that? 18? 15? Yeah, 15. 15 years. 75 to 90. That's a good answer, but that sounds like 15 years. You have to say amen when you get the things. Amen? amen. Alright, so if I get it wrong, you get it wrong too. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. 15 years. For Jesus, it was 30 years before he started ministry for 3 years. But when God is about to move, this suddenly happened. Unexpectedly. Suddenly. We, we sang this song. God, um, do what your famous story says. God of abundantly. Um, unexpectedly. All I do, he's able to do the abundant more than you could ask, think, or even imagine. In other words, do what you don't even can believe. It's unexpected. When God is ready to move, it surprises you. Whoa! They called me for the job. Have you ever wondered? Listen, one of my leaders told me that. Listen, here's how it happened. He applied for a job. Alright? They basically had nobody else. They advertised the job and he's the only person who advertised. They didn't give him the job. He did interview everything and they found somebody else and interviewed the person. They gave the person the job. Alright? The person... Don't turn up the first day. They re-advertise the job. And nobody don't apply. And they had to call him and know he gets the job. Let me tell you something. When God, he wasn't even expecting them to call him. But God, when God is about to bless you, not even demons can block you or stop you. Yet after human wisdom is proven unreliable, God sets the sets the stage for his wisdom to prevail and his plan to proceed. Now God says, listen, alright, them try everything they can and they have failed. Let me put you in place to show them who your God is. You remember with Elijah and the prophets on Mount Carmel that them spend whole day bawling and weeping, them cut up themselves and all kind of things and the, the scripture said and their gods did not answer. And then Elijah's God showed up. Sometimes we can even get stuck on our detours because we spend so much time mudding the waters by relying on our own wisdom. Don't try and figure it out. Just trust God. Life was never designed for you to figure it out. It was designed for you to trust God. The scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Stop trying to figure it out and try to trust God. Our wisdom, our wisdom is not, is not wise enough. God has infinite wisdom. He knows everything. And anything that God doesn't know is nothing. God knows as much about nothing as he knows about everything. He has infinite wisdom. And if God doesn't know about it, it doesn't exist. Once Joseph is released from prison, he interprets Pharaoh's dream. Joseph cleans himself up before seeing Pharaoh. Why? Because he recognizes the importance of the moment and he prepares accordingly. Let me help you with this. When God is about to promote you, there's a cleaning up that needs to take place. There's a fixing up. You have to prepare according to the importance of the moment. 
So if God has you, David was in the cave and God is about to elevate him, things had to change. When God is about to put you in certain places, certain things must change. You have to change location. He didn't stay in the dungeon and interpret the dream. Alright? That means his friends change. His location change. He changed his attire. His look changed. The scripture said he shaved. They changed his clothes. They cleaned him up. There are certain things that must change when you recognize where God is bringing you to. So sometimes when you're on your detour, you hang out with some people. But when you get on your destiny path, those people have to change. You understand me? Listen, I love you, but you are for my detour. I need to align myself with the people on Destiny Street. You, you, are, you are good, you are good, you are good, you are good. It was okay. Nothing is wrong with you, but you are designed for my detour. I need to connect with the people who are designed for my destiny. Amen. Listen, if you carry the wrong people with you, I'm going to give you a good book to read. It's called Good to Great. And the author of the book says, you must get the right people on the bus. And you must get the right people in the right seat on the bus. Because if you get the wrong people on the bus, you're going to have problems. Because they're going to tell you if you turn and stop and go yes and all of that. You have to get the right people. And if you, if you don't put them in the right seat, the bus going to lean on one side and can't go over certain problems. So you have to get the right people in the right seat for the bus to reach where it's going. And in our lives, we have to get the right people in our life, in the right parts of our life, so we can continue on the journey that God has us on. Amen? Amen. I hope you're learning something this morning. You see, after interpreting his dream, Pharaoh is so pleased that he makes Joseph ruler over all Egypt underneath him. If Joseph was released two years ago, he wouldn't get this promotion. He would have just been an ordinary man in the kingdom. But now, watch this, he became second in the kingdom because he interpreted a dream. One of the reasons that we stay on a detour, we should be off by now, is that we keep introducing human wisdom. And when we, once we introduce human wisdom, we have cut off God's way. You have to trust the Lord. Can't lean on your own understanding. Finally, you know you're getting ready to come off a detour and head toward your destiny when the Lord clearly confirms what he's doing by witness or circumstance. You see, Pharaoh, Joseph explains to Pharaoh that the reason he has two dreams back to back that mean the same thing is that God was using the second dream to confirm what was happening in the first dream. And to express the urgency of the matter. See, Joseph receives confirmation about this original dream. Back in Genesis 37. From verse 5 to 10. As Pharaoh makes him ruler over all Egypt. Which later comes to fruition. When Jacob and Joseph's brothers come under Joseph's rule and protection. You see how long it took him? He got a vision from God. And here's what happened. Man had to go to prison. God had to set up things so that the Pharaoh would have a dream. That only he 
could interpret. God had to set it up. That when he was trying to get out, people would forget him. So that the original dream would be made manifest the way. If anything, if, if Joseph did anything in his own flesh along the way, and it was allowed, the Genesis 37 would not come to pass. Listen, what, what I want to say to you, listen. Don't operate in your own wisdom, lest you abort what God has in your destiny. So there are many people who have messed up their destiny because they have applied their own understanding in the midst of their struggles. Made bad decisions because we couldn't wait. And when you can't wait, it's a sign that you're immature. Because one of the signs of maturity is being long-suffering and patient. Got out of control emotionally. And one of the signs of maturity is self-control. Be careful that you don't do things on your detour that aborts your destiny. Let me say that again. Because many of you right now listening online or even in this church, you're about to make decisions that will abort the destiny because you want to operate in your own wisdom. There's a reason why God is bringing you through what he's bringing you through. If you were prepared, he would have taken you there. The reason why you're not there yet is that he's preparing the place and he's maturing you. So when our preparation meets God's purpose and when our timing connects with his timing, we are moving from detour to destiny. See, God does not want to share the credit with you. He doesn't want to share the credit with the people you know, the contacts you have, the money you have, the clout you have, the notoriety you have, the power you have, the background you have, or the prestige you have. I know you know the statement, but let me correct it because we have all said it and it's wrong. God will not put more on you than you can bear. Firstly, we did this, I think, a couple years ago. It's not in the Bible. It's a lie from the pit of hell. In fact, there is a time when God will put more on you than you can bear because he wants to strip you of you and break you down of your self-dependence your self-sufficiency and your independence he will tear you down until you have total dependence on him in other words God will put more on you than you can bear so he can do it through you so he will get the glory that is why if your dream is what you can do, check who you're getting it from. Because what God gives you to do, what God gives me to do, we can't do it in our own flesh. We need to depend on God's resources and God's wisdom so that we can accomplish it. You see, luck, chance, or faith are not Christian words. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I don't operate in luck. I'm not where I am by luck. I don't believe in luck. That's why I don't gamble. 
can't depend on luck. I don't want nobody to say, boy, you're lucky, you win the lotto. That's not where my blessing ought to come from. I'm favored. I'm favored of the Lord. I'm, I'm not lucky that I have a good wife. I'm favored. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. It is the favor of the Lord. I'm not lucky to come from where I was to where I am. I am blessed and favored because God brought me. It wasn't luck. I'm giving no credit to luck. All the credit goes to God. It's not by chance. People will tell you that chance. If you, if I had the same chances as you, no. If you had the same God as me, because it's God, it's all God. Some say it's fate, F-A-T-E. It's just fate will have it this way. No, God would have it this way. You see, you cannot have a sovereign God who is in control and have luck, chance, or faith, because that means nobody was controlling the events. If God is sovereign, it means that God controls the event and there's no luck. God controls the event. So next time, if you should be in an accident and not down with you and them say, look, and I look, I'm blessed and favored of the Lord. The angels of the Lord encamped around me. How you not dead? The favor of the Lord. How come you get healed and so many people dying from it? The favor of the Lord. How come you get a job and nobody else? It's the favor of the, it's not luck. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed and I'm favored of the Lord. Because God is in control. And since we have a sovereign God who the Bible says has full knowledge of everything and of every hair that drops off our head, there can be no such thing as luck, chance, or faith. Listen, God is working away to know. Come on, just put your hand on your chest and say, on your chest and say with me, He's working in me. And even when I can't see it, He's working. We need to believe that He's a way maker. God is a miracle worker. That's just who he is. I know you feel like disappointment has been a regular fixture in your life. You're not alone. David must have felt that way. Moses must have felt that way. Joseph must have felt that way. Meet nice, beautiful young lady planning on getting married and she say, Hey, last night I got pregnant. You see, I could have what is me pick up on myself now. God had to speak to him because he was planning on leaving the girl, Mary. And God said, Brethren, no man, you have to stay with her. Man, I said, Boy, insult. But God was working. Come on, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, just keep your hand on your chest and say, God, even when I can't see it, you're working. So God, even the disappointments mean you're doing something bigger and something better to delight me, to bring delight into my life. Come on, say, Lord, I thank you for the setbacks. It means that you're setting me up for greater and for better. just say say, Lord today I choose to trust in you with all my heart I will not lean on my own understanding in all my ways I will acknowledge you 
Come on, just say, Lord, direct my path. Just tell him, say, Lord, on the detour, I'll trust you. When I face a cul-de-sac, I will trust you. When the road is bumpy, I will trust you. When I don't know where to go, I will trust you. I pray for you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for every person watching online and every person in this place. Thank you that the delay are not denials. All they are is just you preparing us and preparing the place. You are maturing us as you complete the perfection of our destiny. So when we get there, there will be nothing lacking and nothing missing. For that is what shalom means. Shalom, the peace of God means nothing missing and nothing lacking. So we thank you, Lord God, that all you're doing is preparing us to live in a place where we live in your peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. So even if we're like Joseph in the dungeon, we thank you that promotion is near. Even if we have been skipped over, we thank you for we're in close proximity to promotion. God, even if two years have passed, It will be done. Because no one or nothing can thwart or change your plans. We thank you. God, we bless you. And we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, just stand to your feet with me this morning. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus. Come on, give him a better hand clap than that. He deserves a big hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.